Get off my lawn. Bless. Ricky Man Collectibles YouTube channel. My name is Blake. I'm here with Stefan. Hello, that's me, and I like faithless looting. And confirm. So um, I, I want to get started uh, with a little question. I'd like to pose a question to you because I know that you've been a victim of this crime before. <laughs> so have you ever had a deck that you loved that you unplayable has that i will answer this question by telling you why i'm not playing pioneer right now and it's that i played winota when it was a meme deck and played it up until it got very very good and then as with anything approaching the zenith of its power was unjustly ejected into the ether <laughs> And is no longer a playable deck. The Winota without Winota is not is not a good deck. No wrong. Uh, no, she did a lot of wrong actually. That deck was messed up. Uh, that was a that was a really powerful deck that was very hard to play against and very hard to beat. Yeah. So you know things that things that tend to like produce a whole bunch of mana in a single turn cycle are are mm -hmm. typically pretty problematic for sixty card formats. They tend to be for any so, format. Yeah. If you haven't figured that out already, that's the topic for today. We're going to talk about banned cards, not specific banned cards, but the act of banning cards. So the first question is is why why does banning cards work? That's an excellent question. And it works because it removes uh, a problematic element from any format from the game. It, it takes, and that is to say, the governing body of any format reviews the format and decides if any one card is problematic in power level or in gameplay, and then excises that um, like removing a tumor. Sure. Where, that's a that 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 that's a very eloquent. Uh, that, that's a that's a very eloquent yeah. comparison. So, um, cards works uh, because when you have when you have a problematic play pattern that's caused by a specific card, the easiest way to uh, you know open up the format, as it were, uh, for other things you know to to be able to be played is to mm -hmm. that thing. So when you get rid of it, when you take away that problematic play pattern, then 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 your format can can redevelop. It can reestablish itself, and ideally, uh, you know, and it, and it can grow because when you have these problematic, and you know, basically every format, what tends to happen is that people gravitate towards those, right? Because because the goal here is uh, always has been and always will be to win the game. Uh, yeah, you, you know. We, no matter what format you're playing, um, I, I think that there is always that carnal instinct to want to win the game. Whether, whether yeah. you're playing casually and you know just trying to enjoy yourself, um, even even if things have fun, uh, you still get that little endorphin rush, right? Yeah, when, when absolutely. You win the game, uh, when you take it down, um, I would say the other the other part of um, not just uh, un 
um, unhealthy play patterns, but also unhealthy deck building um, can happen in formats where, uh, thinking back to Hogak, um, when decks that were playing against Hogak, or even Hogak decks were playing Leyline of the Void main deck. We're playing three copies of Leyline of the Void main deck, um, which is largely a sideboard card and a niche sideboard card at that. Um, that is when I think uh, deck becomes problematic. When you have to run cards in your sideboard or even your main board that have no other purpose but to fight that one. Yeah. That's actually a really good point, not something that I had considered. Uh, so, like, um, the recent expressive iteration ban uh, from Legacy. Yeah, different. Well, you know, a lot of the decks that had red were playing Pyroblast in their main deck. Mm -hmm. And Pyroblast not expressive iteration, the problematic card, but it also deals with many of the threats that those decks yeah, are playing. Absolutely. So a, a, a card that is typically a sideboard card all of a sudden becomes this main deckable kind of catch-all mm -hmm. answer. And it, it gets rid of their value engine. It gets rid of their win condition. And that that kind of really lines up with that. That's interesting. I'd... Yeah. And those should not be main board cards. You should never be running a main board <laughs> pyroblast. They're great sideboard cards if, you know... You get a three of in the sideboard to bring in game two and three. If if a deck starts mainboarding those cards, there's a problem with your meta. Because you're you're really you're getting too uh, uh, what is it? There there's too much con, uh, singularity around sure. a single deck type. That and that's another thing is is I think I think that's actually a really big thing is is that um, you know diversity 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 it's something mm -hmm. that they constantly yeah. talk about um, you know when uh, it always 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 comes down to deck diversity you know this deck mm -hmm. makes up fifty five percent of the format and it's got a sixty two percent win percentage and and you know in, in order to diversify the format we're banning. X card, mm -hmm. you know, so that we can open up the avenues for these other cards to, you know, for these other, um, you know, gameplay patterns to. I will say, um, there there is another avenue which is um, not just diversity. There is power, obviously, and there are some cards that need to be banned exclusively for power level. They are played minimally, but the people that play them start taking down tournaments at an alarming rate like with Quirk clan ironworks where it was sure. maybe three people that could play that deck but they were taking down double digit yeah. tournaments every year with that for with that deck yeah and that's a problem yeah yep and and that kind of goes back to the winona thing is these cards that uh these cards that give you the ability to produce many 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 mana on the same right. turn um really in formats where you know you're not normally able to produce tons of mana on the same on the same turn and e even without the combo aspect that cart clans ironworks provided um you know going to eye of ugin that card yeah. had the ability in that eldrazi deck to produce oh yeah two four six eight mana a turn uh without ever even having to tap yeah it was 
that was both the power level and the deck diversity issue all in one. That Eldrazi Winter, uh, watching that Pro Tour was a sight. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, LSV got there with a gut shot, which was probably one of my top three... Probably one of my top three favorite Pro Tour moments of all time that got shot. Mm. Absolutely insane. <laughs> got shot you? Ugh. Love it. So, uh, the next question is, why does banning cards not work? Who? this is a tough one. Um, so, right off the bat, people will leave formats. If their deck and if their deck is something they're committed to and it's something they enjoy playing and there's no equivalent of that deck any longer, people will wash their hands of the format and walk away. And it's happened to a lot of players in lots of different formats where they have just, they're done, they will not play that format anymore. Yep. Um, Start to associate your magic identity with a card or with a specific subset of cards mm -hmm. and you really really enjoy playing them. sudden you can't play them anymore to go play something else like maybe a different format where you can play that yep or to you know try to find something that's very similar and in the case of cards like Winota specifically there's nothing really else that does that. No, the no. play patterns were so extremely. That, you know that goes back to what you were saying about you played Winota and you did basically from the very first day that uh, you know she came out. Uh, I don't know. I don't think she was out when Pioneer came out, but she was introduced no. shortly after the format, um, it, you know, was created, yeah. and you really gravitated towards that card, and it's a really really cool play pattern, and and you picked it up immediately, and then uh, when she. Well, uh, I mean, I can't play this deck anymore. Uh, there's not something that's super duper close to this. So, bye. It, it was also financially. That plays a big role in it, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, cards are worth what they're worth. And while it didn't cost me a lot of money, because like I said, I played Wynoto when it was a meme, um, there are a lot of people who bought in when it was very expensive. And then effectively yeah, yeah. Lost cards get banned, and you know when cards like that get banned what happens to the value it goes down so it's not like you can just okay well winota can't be played in in this format anymore so i can just trade my winotas and and get a different deck well your yeah. winota's not worth anything anymore because the only format that it was good in isn't played anymore so uh, something about this that i also wanted to touch on is um standard a very very long time ago when the original mirrodin block was around oh yeah that, that standard <laughs> format was this extremely toxic it was very oh, parasitic yeah. and what happened was R&D or WotC decided to ban a whole swath of cards at once they didn't just take Ravager out they took all of the yeah. artifact lands they took yep. Skull Clamp and yep. they took Disciple of the Vault all out at the same time mm -hmm. so that is kind of an Eldrazi winter situation where yeah. that was really the only deck that you could play. You know, there was a, oh, yeah. there was a number of other decks that, like, you could play if you really wanted to. You pretended they were good. generally, they did not compare in power level to, to no. the Bound Ravager deck. And what happens when you ban that whole swath of cards is, 
So you have these people that, you know, are, are, are leaving now because this deck is gross, right? They're like, yeah. I don't want to play against that all the time. I want to play, you know, something that's different and I don't feel like I can win any games because it's a problematic play pattern and, yeah. and you know, I, I only feel like I can win a game if I play Ravager and I don't want to play Ravager, so I'm going to go play something else. Then you yeah. ban it all and now all the people that were playing that and loved it are like, okay, well, I'm not going to play now anymore either. Yep. It's really just a lose-lose situation. Like, you can't possibly win. Yeah, the, the best thing for Wizards to do is to not print a bunch of overpowered junk into standard, I think, is is what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah, you, you sort of, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like, it's you're going to either alienate half situation. of your, half or half, right? It, it And it's the same for sort of the Cobblade, where they decided, where they chose not to ban the 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 problematic deck and people just had to wait for it to rotate um so it's sort of the opposite end of the coin there or the coco like when collected company was wasn't standard it's the other end of the coin where they chose not to ban it because they didn't want to have a banned card in standard and it created a really bad environment um it's like you know uh that there, there are definitely situations where banning something based on power level is the correct thing to do. Banning something based on diversity is the correct thing to do. But whether you do decide to or decide against banning that thing, I think the effects of that specific ban are never perfect. It's no. never going to be a 100% kind of situation. No. You know, it's like 70-30 at best. And at worst swing in the other direction 70 30 but generally i think it's probably going to be a 50 50 situation yeah you know I, I i would not ever want to be one of those people that has to sit down and analyze and 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 make the decision whether or not to ban a card in a format and and i do no. not blame anybody you know for 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 taking their time with a decision like that you know there's there's you know always some talk of uh, we should ban this in, in whatever format and, and that there's constant discourse about, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and I would not no a choice because no, no matter what you do, you're going to piss somebody off. No matter yeah. What. I'll, I'll ride on your boat. I don't want to captain that ship. Yeah, absolutely not. So mad respect to them. So <laughs> next, next, next. Sure. In what? <laughs> if not banned, then what? And if not banned, then what? Because I think that there are a lot of ways that you can creatively approach. Mm -hmm. Without having to ban cards specifically. And the first thing that you can do is restrict those cards. Underutilized. So, so I have been baffled for years that restricting cards to you know normally you can play four copies of a card mm -hmm. in a 60 card format mm -hmm. restricting cards down to one copy only mm -hmm. exists in vintage and yeah. I, it has always baffled me for years and years and years that vintage is the only format where they choose to restrict a card as opposed to banning it it um, sort of doesn't make any sense right like other tcgs where that is normal yeah absolutely they will restrict a card before they ban it yeah or they and, they and, make it like and, harder you know, to play I think the cards that, i think there's a lot of cards 
that the reason that they're so powerful is because you get the consistency of having four copies of that card in your deck. Mm-hmm. You know, in a More format like Vintage, you have access to every tutor that's ever been printed. So, yeah. you know, playing one of a card, it's not really an issue because you no. can play six, seven, eight, however many tutors you want, they can go find that one card. And if it's so powerful and does everything on its own. Yeah. Other don't have that power, you know, you know, formats like modern, they don't have access to all the tutors that legacy and vintage yeah. has. pioneer, same case, standard, same case. I, I am baffled that, that restricting before banning isn't even a consideration. There, there's also, and I don't think we've touched on it, and I, I don't think people talk about it much, but there's this concept of what restriction means. And in vintage, restriction means you only get one copy. However, there is an avenue that could be approached where saying instead of four copies, you can only play two copies or what like three copies. You can you can actively meter down that power level without banning the whole card and saying, you know, you get three version two three copies of this two copies of this and then your deck becomes sort of an engine to find that card and it really reduces the consistency and the power level because the two the two branches of any format's power is raw power in card and consistency those are the two branches of what make a what a format is made of. So it's raw power in the card selection, and it's consistency in finding those cards and executing the plan. Yeah. And by restricting things down, we can limit the power level by limiting the consistency. Another thing to consider is that some cards don't have the power level when you don't have four of them. Mm-hmm. You of that card for it to do anything. If you were only allowed one copy of that card, it wouldn't do anything. Correct. So another thing that Wizards has been exploring recently uh, is functional errata. This is a frustrating thing. It is a frustrating thing, and and full transparency. Um, from the eyes of a new player, a functional errata is basically non-existent, right? If you're just getting into the game, you're opening up packs, you're reading cards for the words that are printed on them, and you're Mm -hmm. expecting them to do that specific thing. So you put them in your deck, and then you walk into a game store, and you sit down and play a game with somebody, and and, and that person is the first person to inform you that that card does not, in fact, do what it says that it does. You might not ever... I, I think that would be a worse experience than that person telling you the card is banned. If they were just like, oh, that card's too powerful in this format, it just can't be played, you'd go, okay, I understand that. But them telling you that, oh, they changed the text of that card because um, companions were too powerful to, to cast yep. from your sideboard, and you go, wait, they changed it? And they're like, oh, yeah, they changed it. There is a, a single printing of of one of the companions that shows the correct text, but the rest of them are wrong. Yep. And I, I yep. think they're, they're Com- printing companions updated versions. Is, is kind of the is kind of the hallmark example of this. Yeah. So that mechanic came out and immediately I was like, this is amazing. Not because of power level concerns, but because something that is 
it has been and will always be one of the most frustrating things about being magic player is mulliganing. Mm-hmm. Mulliganing is miserable. Right. And the companion mechanic does so much to fix that. It's very outside of the box. Mm-hmm. I think that it was pure genius. I, I, you know, as soon as I read it, I was like, this is amazing. This is a really, yeah. really cool design space. Um, that being said, those cards were very problematic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that um, I think that they didn't go far enough with deck restrictions. And it's that it's that classic Wizards thing where they're trying a new thing and they really want it to be good and they really want people to play it. So they kind of push the power level up a little bit and they push it up a little too high, which is forgivable. I understand that. And I'm totally okay with the bannings that have happened. I'm less okay with the way that it functions, with the way that they've updated the printing on it. Um, I, I like that they changed it. I think it is a better it is a better version of what it is now. Yeah. Um, that said, it still sort of stinks. Like, there's no getting around it. Very, very good thing uh, for for smoothing out those mulligans. And mm-hmm. and and the, there's there's this balance between okay, you have this subset of deck building restrictions that you have to follow, and in doing so. You basically get to always, always know that you will have that card in your hand mm-hmm. when you need it, and yep. and you know adding the text of uh, three generic mana, you can put this card into your hand. I think that's a really good fix for what they did. But yeah, going back to what you said before, I, I I think that they needed to be a little bit more stricter with the deck building restrictions. There's oh, a number yeah. of different things that they could have done. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit ago, and you brought up <laughs> vanguards. Oh baby, if they right? had just made these vanguards. I think people would have, like, old players would have clocked them immediately. They would have been like, oh, this modifies your starting hand and your life total, and it has an effect. And that effect is uh, basically, uh, so if, any, if nobody's ever seen a Vanguard card, um, it's sort of these older cards. They exist on Magic Online now. Uh, Momir Vig is the most popular of them because it has a format named after it. But the old ones were sort of distributed via, like, Inquest, Inquest Magazine had some, um, and effectively, there was a proto-commander format where you played a multiplayer game and everybody had a vanguard that represented the deck. And the vanguard was like Urza or Mishra or Miri, a lot of the weather-like crew. And it had an increase or decrease in starting and maximum hand size, had an increase in life starting life total, and it had an ability on it. And some of that ability was uh, Gerard, Gerard Capuchin, uh, for example, your starting life total was, I think, three higher. Your starting hand size was four less. So your opening hand was three cards, but every draw step you drew two cards. Insane ability. It's yeah. fantastic. And it exists in the command zone, can't be interacted with. It's just part of the, what your deck is. Yep. So so what, so what? basically what you're saying is, you know, take, take that companion restriction a step further. You yeah. Know, instead of Gigantha, for example, instead of... You know, you're not allowed double pips in any of your card CMCs. You know, maybe add an additional, your starting life total is now 15 instead of instead mm-hmm. of 20. Or your starting hand size is now 6 instead of 7. You know, totally take usable. it a little bit further and just add a little another layer on top of it. And, and you know, if you combine something like that uh, with 
you know, the three generic mana that you need to put it into your hand, I think that you end up with a very, very playable product. And, 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 I, and I really hope that they do revisit the companion thing because I think that that's, I think it's great. It and, is. And it just adds another, another dimension, another element to the game that, you know, I think is altogether net positive, uh, even though we have had a bad experience. Yep. I don't I don't believe in my heart that they've abandoned it. And I think in five, six years, we're probably going to see another iteration on it and it'll be better. Um, that being said, the cards that they did banned probably deserved it. Oh, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and it's those are the kind of cards that you can't restrict. Right. Unfortunately, there is no way to restrict those. Right. Um, because you only need one copy in your side. Yeah. That's all that you need. So. Uh, we've talked about banning. We've talked about... Um, I, well, another thing that they've been doing with functional errata exists only oh, yeah. in, in Arena. Oh, my God. So the, the, alchi the alchemy power adjustments, um, mm. you know, when, when, when a card is over or underperforming, they have the ability to just, to just change the code, yep. right? So two good things about this is it's on Arena, so, you know, you don't remember what the Oracle text says now. Right, it just does it. it. It just says it on the card. You can just read it. And right. the other thing is, is you know, not only does it give them a power, the, the ability to to take a card down a notch, but it also gives you the ability to take a card up a notch. Like, well, we want to see this yep. card perform a little better. We thought that it was a little bit better, so you know, you know, we can adjust it. Yeah, and and I, as a as the digital portion of the card game, I appreciate that. I yep. do appreciate that they have the ability to tweak power levels on the fly to sort of fine tune it and they can utilize that for future card development. Yeah. They, and then I think that's what it's all about is that learning curve. Like let's yeah. get this right the first time yeah. so that we don't have to do this again in the future. My concern though, is people that play both digital and paper magic um, coming from arena and playing at an FNM uh, and we talked about this before where it's a bad experience when you come in and they say, hey, your card doesn't do what it says in the card. It's sort of a similar experience where you get used to what a card does on Arena. That is the stats are different Stats are different in some measurable way. Um, and it would be exciting if the card is better in paper, like Essex's Chariot. It's not, yeah. But it's generally not. It exists on Arena. No, you're totally right about that. Um, but there are there are a lot of examples um, where large swaths of cards have been errated all at the same time. You know, oh, when they've created a new types. creature type, yeah, you know they went back and retroactively changed the creature type on many many creatures that have already been printed before. There's tons of cards, yeah. you know, um, like like some of those old legends in the dark cards where you needed a flow chart to understand what the card does. Uh, chains of Mephistopheles. Yeah. Or, um, for example, Oubliate. Yeah. Oubliate just amazing now. There's, there's plenty of examples where they have errated cards. I, I'm comfortable with that. I think that yeah. errating cards just to fit on a text box so that you don't run into the animate dead problem. Um, yeah. it, it, I appreciate that. It's totally fine. And, with those old cards when you're doing a reprint to make them slightly different functionally, but sort of approach the game and do the same thing. Um, although in like, there are a couple cards that care about it in a different way. Um, but yeah, it's, 
the, that I can appreciate. Like I play a lot of vintage cards, like in Dredge, I play a lot of like Graveyard Order Matters cards that I sort of have to know the, the Oracle text of by heart because the way that the rules used to function and function now are very different. Um, I, I don't think it's, I would like to see reprints of these cards that have the correct text the on correct them. The correct text on them, so that, you know, <laughs> the card in your deck is, yeah. does what it says it does. Uh, annoyingly, they did do that, but it's printed in a thousand dollar box of four packs for some of these cards. We're not even gonna talk about that right now. So um, we have talked about errata. Uh, yeah. We have talked about uh, restricting cards versus banning them. Mm -hmm. um, there is another very, very creative way to deal mm -hmm. with a ban list. And, and my personal opinion is that, well, first of all, whoever it was that, you know, sat down and was like, hey, guys, I have an idea. He should. I don't know which one of those guys it was specifically, or if it was all of them working together. So we're he should get an award. Second of all, this should be adopted in in two other formats. Agreed. Because as you may or may not know, uh, Stefan and I and our community play almost exclusively Canadian. Highlander. <laughs> yeah, it's a we play a lot of it. Uh... So Canadian Highlander uses a. Yeah, we have Instead no banning of card. banning a card, card that is powerful or problematic is assigned a point value. Mm -hmm. And your 100-card singleton deck can only contain 10 total points. Yeah. There are no banned cards outside of anti-conspiracy and, and, you know, things that depict, um, you know... Problematic issues. Themes yeah. or artwork and things like that. Yeah, get rid of those. But of the things that you typically see in other formats that are banned, like Moxen, like yeah. Ancestral Recall. Very good card. Like Survival of the Fittest. Cards that have been very problematic in the past are assigned a point value. Yeah. So this is the perfect fix. I For Singleton, for Singleton, I think it works the absolute best. Um it, it. Also, I, I believe it was, I believe Robin Sorensen was one of the progenitors of the format, and he has many he has many awards already, so we don't need to give him any more. I I believe it was Robin and Nelson Salahub and a couple other folks from Victoria, uh, BC. Um, if you're watching this now, I don't know how you found me, but bless you. Uh, but it is it is sort of the. It's created, and we've talked about this, where consistency and power level drive the heart of a format. Well, the, the consistency of Canadian Highlander is already such that it is singleton and it's 100 cards. And so the consistency is always going to be wishy-washy. But the power level, now the power level you can go kind of ham on, uh, which is why we, we kind of draw it back a little bit and it turns into a much more balanced a much more like it feels good it feels like you're never gonna have a card banned you're never gonna lose a piece um and if there was anything that i could do to hand this idea this beautiful concept 
for managing a format's power level to the commander advice like the commander yeah. group the commander rules committee yeah. to the to the three people to the triumvirate of humans that could fit in my bathroom that manage the most popular format of magic the gathering and i, I am <laughs> I understand that there's like a commander rules advisory that's made up of a bunch of diverse individuals who help to advise this, but the actual individuals, the actual humans who manage the most popular format of Magic the Gathering is three. It's three people. And I, there is no explaining it to me. Like, Wizards of the Coast should have arrested control of this format long ago because the ban list is inconsistent and we talked about this all right the feel bads of banning a card financial when you have a card banned it suddenly you can't play it and you're out that money it's the deck that you associate yourself with and in commander it could be your commander oh, when so when much more. people will stop playing they will just give up and when golos got banned i know a lot of people that just that was my favorite deck. I don't know what to do now. So we know the financial impact was there. We know that the emotional impact there. We know the social impact is there where people will just, where there are a handful of people who will just ignore those rules and will just continue playing the cards. And it makes for a confusing experience for a new player who is playing the most popular format of Magic the Gathering that is not managed by Wizards of the Coast. So... So a, a couple of things, two, two things really, that the point system, uh, you know, brings along with it. The first one is, is there is a transparency in power level. Oh, yeah. So the points that are used in Canadian Highlander uh, are assigned, you know, based on public forum. Yeah. Yeah, so, we, have, we have a group discussion about it. Yes. There's a, there's a Discord... And, um, you know, the, the committee that decides however the points are will say, hey, we're thinking about doing some power level adjustments. Community, please give us your suggestions. So everybody yeah. makes suggestions. A committee who is voted in and out, who people cycle in and out of. This is not a lifetime they appointment. They take all of that data in and they make the adjustments based on that. So it's, yeah. it's a community driven thing. Yeah. So there is a transparency in power level. Your deck gets 10 points. My deck has 10 points. Your deck has 10 points. Everybody's deck has 10 points. There are no, eh, my deck's about a seven. Or, um, I just like to play casual. I don't really think that that card is very casual in what it's doing. There, there is no discussion of that. That card yeah. is seven points. It's seven yeah. points in my deck. It's seven points in your deck. Yeah. So there's a transparency and power level there. The other thing that the point system affords is customization. So if, say, the commander format were to adopt a point system and they were to assign all of the banned cards point levels and mm -hmm. maybe some cards that are not on the ban list their own point levels. Yeah, yeah, like Demonic Tutor. has 40 points your deck has 40 points 40 40 40 40 everybody's playing on the same power level yeah there is no more discussion of it's about a seven 
It's 40 points. Yeah, this is honestly... Zero points. It's customizable. Do you know how many games there are that use points? Warhammer. Warhammer, 40K. Yep. Prime example. Yeah, there's Guys, a lot of Guys, how those... many points are we playing? Okay, we agree. My army's that many points. Your army's that many points. We're balanced. Yeah, exactly. I will say it doesn't function as well in 60 card formats. Um, it's much it's much harder no. to meter power no. level on multiple um, versions it, it, of cards. I, I would like to see more restriction. I think, yeah, I think the takeaway it. for 60 card formats is I would like to see more restriction, less ban. Agreed. You can play one. Let me play two Wynota. Give me two. <laughs> or one. It, listen, it's fine. I'll play Eldritch Evolution. <laughs> now you need a card and a card to sacrifice for it to go find it. Yep. In addition to you need it to live or ex uh, more exploration of restriction in 60 card I formats yep. and more customizable point systems where we can all agree on a power level and there won't be any discussions. Like literally, you know, it's really hard to sit down um, at a table with a bunch of randos and have a rule zero discussion where everybody's concept of what's happening is different. And I know everybody wants to have fun and in a perfect situation we do, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. Especially and for the transparency of a point system, I think is much cleaner than a ban list. Because got, nobody agrees on the ban cards, Yeah, whether they are or aren't banned. Nobody, nobody agrees on them. Everybody has their own opinions. Yeah. And, and then you run into situations where, you know, people don't agree, agree with rule systems. People don't agree with bans. And so they're like, well, I mean, I'm going to play this card anyway, even though it's on the ban list. Because this yeah. is a rule zero game. It makes no sense. Yeah. And again, we return to those people that are new to the game where they're, they're learning about what a rule zero discussion is, where that appears nowhere in any of the documentation or rules for playing Commander or playing Magic the Gathering. Like, what is a rule zero conversation? Well, we kind of talk about it before we play. And in addition to that, we're seeing more and more of these large scale nationwide command fests where not just sitting down across the table from a couple of randos, you're in a building with randos, all there to play Commander, all with a different interpretation of what a seven is. Give me consistency. Give me transparency. Yeah. So, yeah. the well, takeaway. I mean, that's it, as far <laughs> as the questions go. Yeah. That's it. We get, we got to the point. I I think banning banning is sort of a is sort of a necessary evil of managing a game like this, a very large game, a very complicated game. But I think there is a, and I, I think you agree here, there's a level of nuance that feels like it's being ignored. And I, I hope that in, in the future, Wizards of the Coast and um, to a lesser extent, the Commander Rules Committee, for whatever that means at any given time, embraces some more of the nuanced menial level adjustments of power levels to allow for transparency and customization that we'd like to see. Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, I don't want to be that guy. 
Uh, I am not qualified to be that guy. <laughs> no. I am not out here saying something should or should not be banned. I'm just no. saying that I think uh, Canadian Highlander is the best uh, Singleton 100 card format. Yeah, that I agree with. Come at me. <laughs> and card behind him. I do not. But we are the Magic Dads, and we're proud of you. We and if you haven't done you. so already, please subscribe to the Old Cranky Man YouTube channel. Make sure you turn that notification button on so that we get to annoy you every time we upload a video. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Night-night. Bye.